We're finishing today the series, Finish Strong. And it's my goal to finish strong, finish strong. God bless both of you that got that. I appreciate that. That's our goal uh, today. Everybody say those two words with me, finish strong. Finish strong. One more time. Finish strong. That is our goal, and that's what we want to do is finish strong for the Lord. Today I'm going to talk to you about a message that I call removing the quit option. Removing the quit option. Our text is found in Colossians chapter number 1. If you have a Bible, an iPad, an iPhone, ever how you look at the Word of God. Let's, let's look at three verses here, please, from Colossians chapter number 1. Starting in verse 9, the Word of God says this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Why? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Isn't that our goal? Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. How do we do that? Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Endurance and patience are going to be key words for us today. So we all understand that if we're going to finish strong, endurance and patience are a key. Yeah. And I know that you already know this, but how many of you realize that if I'm going to preach a little bit on patience today, it's for the person beside you, not you? You don't need it. I know. I need it. I need help. In that area, we all have circumstances and situations we could just be a little bit more patient in. Well, you're not looking at me like you believe me, so let, let me present it this way. How many of you believe the whole world drives crazy but you? Sure, they do. You know what? There's way too much looking around in this church right now. Way too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just get out and I get impatient when I'm trying to drive. Other people not doing what I want them to do. You know what I'm saying. And I don't know if you do this. Do you do this? Do you drive down the road talking to other cars? You do that? I drive down. I be just talking away. Hurry up. Move on. Get on out there. Every once in a while my wife will say, Lynn, now you do know they can't hear you, right? You, you know that. So sometimes we got... We got circumstances that we all go through and we, we need a little help with patience in. And, and then how many realize sometimes we need patience with people? <laughs> Thank you for both of those amens. That's right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, y'all looking around again. No, no, no. Yeah. Sometimes we need patience with people. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I need patience with myself. It's that patience and endurance are required if we are going to finish strong. Removing the quit option. I've always been a real fan of movies. Movies has always been a way, like, to sit down for me to unwind and chill out. And I, I've always just like, I, I like funny movies, especially. And, and I also have, all of my life, I have been drawn to movies that are true stories. Based on actual life events. 
things that really happened. I don't know. I don't know if you saw the movie Blindside, but like that was a movie that actually facing the giants, you know, we are martial, you know, movies that really happened, like Apollo 13 a few years back, that really happened. Movies about true stories, life, actual events that really happened, you know, like Spider-Man. Really? No? That did? Oh, man, y'all hurting me now. No. I'm really just seeing who's awake. I was trying to slide something in there. Just, yeah. Yeah. If it's a movie, it's about, you know, real life, true, actual events. I, I've just always been drawn to it. I, I just uh, like that. year ago or so, there was a movie that came out that was based on a true story that I really was intrigued by and went to see. It's called The Lone Survivor. I, I'm not going to ruin the movie for those of you that have not seen it and would desire to. But The Lone Survivor is a movie based on actual life events. It really, really happened. Now, The Lone Survivor is about four American Navy SEALs, and they were dropped in the mountains of Afghanistan. One mission and one purpose. They were to locate a Taliban leader and take him out. Again, in an attempt not to run the movie, for those of you that have not seen it, after they were dropped in the mountains, it was just a few hours, their mission was compromised. They were discovered. They were found out. And the entire movie then becomes about the Taliban pursuing these four American Navy SEALs through the mountains of Afghanistan with the purpose of killing them. They located and killed Three, successfully. There was one man named Marcus Luttrell who survived. Marcus Luttrell was the lone survivor of that entire attack. The movie unfolded. There was a lot of good stuff. But what I was intrigued by was I knew there's also a book. And I knew usually a book's going to give more details. So I, I went out and I, I got the book, The Lone Survivor. And, and so I started reading it. And you know what? There's more stuff in here. And it, I, it just, I know it's weird, but man, I was just getting into it. I was really, and when I started reading the book, The Lone Survivor, immediately what appealed to me was Marcus Luttrell began to talk about the training, and what was required to become a Navy SEAL in the American military. It blew me away. I started reading about all the training that they had to go through, and I got so intrigued. I know this is weird. Don't amen me. Please, not there. I went and YouTubed it. I'm just like, wow, man, you know. This is unbelievable. Marcus Luttrell and, and his team, they started their training in San Diego on Coronado Island. And they have to go through this series. I mean, it's intense. I, you, I watched it. It's just like on and on and on of intense training. They start with this deal called NDOC. And, and then after NDOC, they go through the seven-month process of what they call BUDS. It's Basic Underwater Demolition SEALs. 
And, and so, I mean, like they're under the water holding their breath for incredible amounts of time. I'm just like blown away and amazed at what these guys are having to go through. During his NDOC process, there was a trainer. There's a great quote in the book that has spiritual application. That landed for me spiritually, and maybe it will you. One of his trainers said, and I quote, Marcus, the body can take most anything. It's the mind that needs training. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been tacked many times spiritually in my mind. In my mind, the enemy attacks us here and doesn't fight fair. He doesn't, you think you forgot something and he will bring it back to your mind. Great spirit. So they've got the end doc, they've got the buds training, and then you get to the very last week of it, and even the name scares me in this training. They call the last week of training Hell Week. It's like, seriously, wow. It's just intense. It's amazing. But the reason why I took a few minutes to kind of walk you through that is because I want to let you know that through the entire process of training to become an American Navy SEAL, there is a piece of equipment that is present throughout training. You see, there is in place a bell. A bell is present. The bell is the quit option. So at any time through the course of training, you say, I can't take it anymore. I'm wore out. This is too tough. This is too hard. You just walk over, put down your equipment. Did I wake somebody up? I'm sorry. I, did, I, did, I apologize. And, and you just... Ring the bell. I, I mean, there's no questions asked. They're, they're not going to write. You, you, you just leave. They're not going to run after you. They're, they're not going to beg you to stay. Nothing. You just ring the bell. Now, I do want to tell you that this bell doesn't look anything like that bell. <laughs> but this travels better. I want you to know. All right. Okay. Okay. So that's all they do. They just ring the bell. So you can imagine through the course of training... Over and over and over, while they are training every once in a while, you would hear. Somebody just quit. And, and it happened in Marcus Luttrell's team. In his class, after phase one of training, there was only 54 out of 98 that remained. That's a lot of times hearing that bell ring. Then when hell week started, 10 more men quit in the first nine hours. Over and over, you could hear. Somebody is saying, I can't take it anymore. I give up. I quit. Before I transition into my main points, share with you what's on my heart today. I want to pause. I know Pastor Dwayne has already taken a moment to honor our veterans and those that are serving in the military. Before I preach, can I, I just want to take it a step further. If you're in this worship experience today, 
you're currently serving in our military or you have ever served in our, in our military, would you just stand on your feet, please, all over this church? Would you, if you are currently, we want to honor you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to these men and women for fighting for our freedom. God bless you and God bless America. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I want to talk to you about three groups of people in my message today. Three groups of people removing the quit option. The first group of people I want to talk about are those that have gone on before us. Those that are... Does anybody but me ever read the Word of God and you're reading about people in the Word of God and you ever think, do you ever think, hey, when I get to heaven, I won't talk to them. I, I'd like, I got a few questions. I, I'd like to, man, I, I, I'd like to just sit down and visit with them about how their life went. And, and I, I, I mean, I think about people like David and Moses and, and the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But, I, I mean, there's a lot of people in the Bible I want to talk to to whenever I get to heaven. Those are people that have already made it. But friends of People's Church, you know and I know that all those people made it, but the entire time they went through some stuff. They went through some hard times. They had a quit option. They could have thrown in the towel at any time, but they chose not to. I think about people like the Apostle Paul. He talked about in 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 28, all that he went through. He talked about the fact that he spent a day and a night out in open sea in the deep. He talked about the fact that many times he was beaten and imprisoned. And for a large part of his life, people were after him every single day trying to kill him. It wasn't easy for the Apostle Paul. But do you know what words he used at the end of his life to his young minister friend Timothy as he's trying to encourage him? He said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, at the end of his life, Timothy, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the course. I did my best. In all I went through, Timothy, I never rang the bell. I never quit. This has become a theme for Lynn Wheeler. Because I want you to know you're listening to a speaker today, friend. You're listening to it that one day I want to stand before the Lord. And I want to be able to look him in the face and say, Lord, I fought a good fight. Lord, I did my best. I finished the course. Is that your heart today? To be able to tell him in the end, I did my very best. I fought a good fight. Then I think of other people in the Bible like Job. You know what the Bible said about Job? The Bible said Job was the wealthiest man in all the land. Just tell your neighbor real quick, he's not talking about me right now. Go ahead, just tell him that to eat. Not it's well. Wealthiest man in all the land. But do you want just a few short verses there? The Bible said Job's children were killed. His cattle were killed. His houses burned down. He lost everything. 
his own wife looked at him and said, Job, give it up, man. Curse God and die. Give it up. Job, ring the bell. Man, ring the bell. Quit. But your Bible says in Job chapter 2 and verse number 10 that Job lost it all, but he never quit or even sinned. Wow. Incredible to me. How many of you currently have friends or family members that have already made it to heaven? Would you just lift your hand? All, they're already there. That Me too, my hand is up. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1? It says you and I have a great cloud of witnesses up there cheering us on and rooting for us. And we also understand, just like the people in the Word of God, you know what we also know? Our friends and our family members didn't make it without challenges. There were hard times. There were difficult times in their life. They had times where they probably wanted to ring the bell, but they didn't. But they made it. And now the Bible says a big cloud of witnesses up there, and they're cheering us on. That We're talking about those that have gone before us. I've got a cousin in that great cloud of witnesses for me. He's a 23-year-old youth pastor. But he was killed in a snow skiing accident while he had his youth group on a trip. But Gary, he's up there today. He, he passed from this life way too young. Sometimes we don't understand. But what I do know today is that my cousin Gary's cheering for me up there. See, Tra Tragically, in a car accident, my mother-in-law was taken just a few years ago from us. A pastor's wife, serving God, doing ministry. We don't understand, but I do know this. I know that in that great cloud of witnesses for me today, there, there, there's a lady named Frida Lynn up there going, come on. And then even closer to home, just one month ago on April the 22nd, my mom lost a three-year battle with cancer and was promoted into heaven. And today... I want you to know that I believe with all my heart she's in that great cloud of witnesses up there cheering for me and rooting me on. Just, you can do it patience and endurance and perseverance and don't ring the bell. And can I tell you the same is true for your family members and your friends. They're up there today. They're cheering us on. They're rooting for us. Patience, endurance, perseverance. Don't ring the bell. And can I also say to you today, People's Church, I believe with all of my heart our biggest cheerleader up there is still Jesus Christ Himself. I believe He's rooting for us. I believe He's cheering for us today. He wants us to make it. And we're going to. We will finish strong. Second group of people I want to look at are those that are among us today. If you'll bear with me. For the next few moments, we're not going to look outside the four walls of this church today. We are absolutely going to just focus right here on the people that are across the aisle from you, the people that are seated in front of you and behind you. Just those that are, I, I'm pull back from my preaching, just do a heart to heart with you right now. Just, just those right here that are among us today. Let's talk, let's talk about us. Because there's some folks under the sound of my voice right now. You've been through some tough stuff. Some hard times in your life. There are people right here 
in this service today that the enemy has unleashed incredible attacks on you all your life. There are people under the sound of my voice right now. You've experienced setback after setback after setback in your life. And, and I work closely with a lot of Christ followers. I know there are a lot of Christ followers, and even some of you here today, you feel like that just about the time you get through one storm, there's another one. And you get through that, and there's another one. And you get through that, and there's another one. It's hard. And you have been through some stuff. Some under the sound of my voice today have been abandoned and deserted. Some of you have been lied to, lied about, and disappointed. Among us today, there are people that have lost marriages, and you've lost businesses. Here today, among us, in front of you and behind you, there's people that have spent long seasons of their life crying themselves to sleep. And maybe you're still even in that season. Just every night when you put your head on the pillow, the emotion rushes in. Here in this service today, there are people that have been wronged. You've been mistreated. You've fought discouragement. And you've even fought depression. Right here. In this sermon. You'll never know their story. But they're among us today. I've been there. And most of you can relate to what I've just unfolded. So Lynn, why would you take us down a road like that. Reminding us of all the stuff we've been through. Man, why, why would we even go there? Why would you stop and just quit encouraging and all that to remind us of all that we've been through? No, here's what I want us to do is speak life into your spirit right now. Please hear me. Please hear me. Because some of you have been through some stuff, some hard times. You didn't know if you were going to make it. All of us, myself included, there have been times in my life I've started for that bell. I'm reaching for that bell. It got hard. It got difficult. It got tough. I didn't know if I could keep going. But here's the life I want to speak into you today. All that you've been through. Everything that has happened. Would you look at you today? You are sitting in church giving praise to a living God in spite of all you've been through. You're still here praising God today. In spite of that, you're still here. Look. The devil gave his best shot to wipe you out, to get you to ring that bell, and it didn't work. You're giving glory to Jesus at People's Church today. It didn't work. The devil's best shot 
did not succeed. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't think like this, but it just makes me want to sing a song to the devil today. It's one of the old theme songs of the church. After all that I've just preached to you, it just kind of makes me want to look at our enemy and sing that song. You've sung it before. Nah, 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 nah. Huh? Come on. Does anybody in church today like giving the devil a black eye, putting it back in his face? I mean, it has been hard on you. You didn't know if you were going to make it. You didn't know if your marriage was going to survive or if you were ever going to be able to pay your bills or if the pain would ever go away. But the devil's best shot wasn't good enough. We still praising God at People's Church today. We didn't ring the bell. Praise God. Praise God. At this church, I have shared my personal testimony a couple of different times. It's called My Journey Through Failure. It's my story about how 1999 was the darkest year of my life. I went through a divorce and other things that happened. There's a part of my testimony I did not share. It fits right here. You see, I had three different people call me in that darkest season of my life back in 1999. Three people who do not know each other all called me and had the same dream about me. How many know that will get your attention? Huh? Man, it got... I said, really? Same dream. And, and here was the dream. They said to me, they said, Lynn, we, we were standing up on a chair. You were crawling on the floor. Your shirt's ripped and dirty and you got dirt all over your face and dirt in your hair. You're unable to get up. You're just dragging yourself on your stomach across the floor. Every one of them saw the same thing. And they all said that they just leaned over from that chair and they kept saying to me, Lynn, get up. Get up. Come on, get up. Get up. And I would just look at them, tears running down my face, saying, I can't. I can't get up. I just can't do it. And the reason why I wanted to insert that right here, if you can just hear my heart, is just in case there's somebody today at People's Church and you're thinking, I can't do this anymore. i got to find that bell. i got to ring it. I want you to understand, first of all, you are surrounded by people in this church today who love you and care about you. Secondly, I want you to know there's a loving Savior that loves you and cares about you. And we're not going to let you ring the bell. We're going to tackle you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Nobody quits. We're not going to let you. I know it's hard. I know just like me, you think I'll never get out of this season. I'll never be able to stand up and walk on my own. But I'm going to tell you, we're surrounded by stories in this church today that we did make it through, and we're giving praise to God up in this house today. We are giving praise to Him. Hallelujah. Number three, I want to look at our final group of people today, and that is the one that is above all. The one that is above all. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there's nobody above them. The Trinity, the Godhead. I submit to you today, friends, there's nobody like our God. There is nobody that can bring us through what we've been through but Him. Nobody like our God. The one that is above all. 
There's no, there's no other God that can part the Red Sea for the children of Israel to walk through on dry ground. There's no other God that can deliver Daniel from the lion's den and the three Hebrew children from a fiery furnace. There's no other Jesus that speaks to the winds and the waves and they obey his voice. There's no other Jesus that can feed 5,000 people with two filet of fish sandwiches. Huh? Nobody... I just made some of you hungry, didn't I? It's like, hurry up, preacher, now, come on now. Yeah, yeah, nobody can do that but our Lord. Friend, it's our God who can speak the word and heal our diseases. It's our God who is a friend like no other. It's our God who opens blind eyes and unstops deaf ears. And most importantly, it's only our Lord that it is said, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. Nobody, there's nobody like our God. But friends, you know all our Lord went through? You know everything? Do you know the entire time he had a quit option? Huh? He, in John 19 too, from the moment those soldiers took those thorns and they shaped them into a crown and they placed that crown of thorns upon the head of Jesus from that moment, Blood started coming down his face in that moment. Then, then they disrobed him and, and they took the whip and they laid the stripes on his back. His flesh started separating. They get him to the cross, nails into his hands and feet, spear into his side. But according to Matthew 26, 53, at any moment, that verse said he could have called for angels and got out of it. He could have. After the 15th stripe where his flesh is separating on his back and he's bleeding, he could have said, God, you know what? Father, I thought I could do this, but I can't do this. It's too painful. This hurts too much. I can't, I can't do this. Can you send those angels? He could have. Do, do you understand that he, he got to that cross and boy, they started putting those nails and that spear in him. It's just too painful. God, you know what? I thought I could do it. I thought I could. But this is too much. I just can't handle it. I'm sorry. Send those angels. He had a quit option through the entire process. But he never exercised it. It was there. He could have rang the bell. But he didn't quit. That's why as I close my message today, I make this statement. For Lynn Wheeler, he didn't quit on me. I'm not quitting on him. Come on, who's with me? Huh? I'm not quitting on him. No. I've been through some stuff, and you've been through some stuff, but I hadn't been through anything like he's been through. He's been through way more for me than I've been through. And you know what? He never quit. So today I say, Lord, I'm going to finish strong and not quit on you. You didn't quit on me. I won't quit on you. 
2 Timothy 2.12 says this, If we endure, we will also reign with Him. How many know there's a blessed hope if we make it through, if we persevere, if we endure, if we don't ring the bell, one day we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ forever and ever. We're going to live with Him and see our loved ones again. I'm not standing before men, women, and students today saying to you, don't ring the bell. That, that, that's not the message. The message is remove the quit option. Now it's not even an option. Because the enemy never lets up. He's going to keep fighting us. He's going to keep attacking us. But I want to serve notice on the enemy and let the Lord know today that quitting is no longer an option. My option's gone now. It's not even here. I have removed the quit option from my life. And I will finish strong. Amen.